Welcome to episode number 70 of Beef's Beef. I'm here with BJ, ready to do another episode. How you doing, bud? Doing well. Yes, number 70 does come after episode 69 there over there, waiting a second on it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I didn't go too much into it this time, but... Uh, hey, 70's a big deal. That's a lot of is. episodes. It is, man. I mean, who'd ever thought... I mean, I guess I did or I would have never started. That, yeah. that I would get to this point, but I expected. I think there's going to be one of these episodes that's going to be more special than the rest. Um, but 70 is nothing to snuff at. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, that just means 30 more to 100. I well, mean, I'm no math major, but that's pretty good. On the yeah, <laughs> I mean, right off the top of the dome, <laughs> just just call me the B rabbit of of math. I I'll, guess you could say. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So, just we're gonna touch on some stuff today. We're we're uh bj and i text more than a boyfriend and girlfriend uh as weird as that sounds depends on what type of relationship you have i know some people who are pretty texty texty yeah we're pretty close now yeah i mean now now that you know we're co-hosts and everything we're constantly picking each other's brains what do you think about this what do you think about that what do you think about this? Adding new things, trying to stay fresh. Yep, trying um, to improve it each game at a time. Yeah, so we have one thing at the end that we're pretty pumped about. It's, but we're pretty nerdy in a lot of sports stuff. So I don't know if we'll be more nerdy about this than other people, but I don't care. I'm pretty pumped for it. Yeah, I wouldn't undersell it. I think that people are going to enjoy it, and it's all about getting everybody involved. We've been having a good time with these polls lately, and this is kind of a play off that idea. Absolutely. So uh, – We'll go over Louisville last week, uh, played Pitt. They're playing uh, Wake Forest as we record, uh, actually blowing out Wake Forest as we record. They're up 20 with 35 seconds left in the first half. Yeah, I think Wake Forest forgot they were playing this evening, it looks like. Not really. I think they knew they were playing. It's just they <laughs> did There's nothing they can really do. Once again, you all are hot. We are. I hope we're not hot too early. I mean, there's still two months before you get to the time where you really want to be the hot team. Right. The one thing I'd counter with that is you've got a good balance of senior leadership or veteran leadership, I guess is what we'll call it now, and younger guys. So, you know, it's like you said, you got to be hot towards the end, but also I don't think it's a bad time to be playing good ball. Not at all. So uh, we'll cover that. We'll talk. Um, we'll talk a story that – um, I found pretty interesting about Penny Hardaway. Um, I, I shot it to, to BJ earlier, uh, throwing our locks of the week. Uh, or, I mean, mine's more definitely out in the cold right now. It's this, it's definitely a frozen lock. I, w- I wouldn't. I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing this one this week, though. I'm going to say, if I'm going out on a limb. We're going to have to call it potential pick of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to touch uh, one of the polls that that we that we uh, actually put out last week. And let that lead into the thing that we're adding this week. But Louisville got a revenge game Saturday. Uh, played Pittsburgh in the Yum Center. Uh, I actually told you before we recruited or recruited before we recorded on Friday that I thought Louisville would win by twenty or more. Right. We I both kind of agreed that yeah. it was going to be a, a one-sided venture. I didn't think it was going to be quite twenty, um, but yeah, I agreed with you that would be one-sided. So. I started out and I was kicking myself in the butt. <laughs> down, I think we were down. Uh, down four uh, at halftime. Yeah, but we were down ten or eleven there yeah. for a little bit there in the first half, and I fought back, cut it to four at halftime. Still didn't feel real good about it because Pittsburgh, even with the new regime of Capel, 
is still like old Pittsburgh, where they're just going to drag you into the mud and let you get dirty with them. Right. I'll be honest, though. I started watching it, and I thought, this Pittsburgh team might just – it might be one of those games they just have their number. Matchup-wise, whatever. So, I I know exactly what you're saying with that. And that's what they did for a while, and we got hot. Um, Noir started hitting shots. Cunningham was solid. I thought VJ had good minutes. Really, the only person missing was Darius Perry because Darius Perry didn't play. Yeah. Um, Chris Mack was asked after the game what was going on with Darius Perry. He said Darius missed the shooter or was late to a shoot around. Second time he's been late, and we're trying to build a culture here, and that's not part of our culture. And he said we want Darius to be a part of this team. We think Darius can be a big part of this team, but I'm not going to go back on what our culture is because of players late. He said I told him the first time that this happened again, he was going to be. That he he wasn't going to play in the game, and I'm not playing him. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, he's setting a precedent. I, I don't enjoy seeing it, to be honest. And, and you know, I'm not a U of L fan, but I'm not a hater either. I think he could be a good piece, especially um, in the upcoming you know years. He yeah. could be a good piece too. But yeah, I think Mac is doing the right thing, so I support him in that. Yeah. So um, they they end up winning the game 66-51. So it wasn't quite 20. They did cover the spread, though. It's pretty close. And, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things. Think about it. They only scored 18 points, Pittsburgh did, in the second half. So that's part your all's defense and part that they just kind of were missing shots. Um, but anytime you can hold a team to 18 points and a half, I like your chances. Absolutely. Louisville, actually, if you think towards the beginning of the season to now, the maturation on the defensive end has definitely shown. Yeah. Uh, you got Jordan Noir, who wasn't even playing at the, starting at the beginning of the season. Now he's your best player consistently. And Louisville's moved into the top 30 in defense. Well, you mentioned something pretty cool to me the other day, too, talking about kills. And I think that kind of shows how you all will live and die. Yeah. Um, explain to them briefly what a kill is. So for people that have gone to the games and don't realize what they're talking about, on uh, on the screen, if you look up on a screen and you see them showing the other team's logo with a circle and a line through it, that's not telling everyone to yell obscenities or to be anti the other team or, or whatever. Oh, my bad. I apologize. Yeah, so, so a thing that Chris Mack has instilled in this team is a thing called a kill. Um, every team has a certain thing. That's something you and I were talking about. Oh. You know, you brought up Atino with the deflections, and you brought up a couple other instances. But a kill is three straight defensive stops. Which is huge. Think Absolutely. About it. That, that doesn't happen too often no. in elite-level basketball. Chris Mack's goal for every game is the team to have seven kills in each game. Well, and that goes back to the runs that we were talking about before. In this game, you got to dictate when those runs happen, and getting stops and getting easy buckets on the other end, that's how you control a tempo. I mean, you got to think, that's 21 possessions. That's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. you got to think, as far as possessions in a game, you'd say you probably get, what, maybe 60, if that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all depending on style of play, but with a 30-second shot clock roughly, I mean, it's got to be around there. I mean, that it, let's just say it, that's 40 minutes. Right. Okay? That's – I mean, if you go, only got the ball one time for every shot clock, right? that's all of your possessions. Yeah. I mean, that's – that's nuts. Yeah. 
Well, it's an important stat, though. It's like you said, anytime that they can step in and get one stop at a time, that's pretty good. But getting yeah. three in a row, I mean, I can't reiterate this enough. That's why they call it a kill because it'll kill your. And momentum. that's the thing. He he. That's one of the things because Patino had his. Uh, if we get this many deflections, we should win. He's if we get seven kills in a game, right. we should win the game or at least be in it at the end. Well, we talked about too. I'm not a fan of those coaches who show that in every huddle because I think that gives you know the players an extra thought. Every player is out there trying to get a stop on every possession. Yeah. So that's a good stat that after the game is over, that kind of shows you. You know how good you were defensively. Absolutely. And that's why I love it. And it also gives you something to grow on for the next game. Even if you win, because people are always like, we couldn't really get anything out of that game. Right. We didn't get enough kills in this game. We could have gotten a stop here. We could have gotten a stop here. Yeah. This is stuff we got to button up. So it always gives you something to work on. I don't think North Carolina will ever have a seven kill game this year. <laughs> I'd be be willing to bet they have had one, and you just don't realize. Yeah, because we play teams that miss shots. But (laughs) let's be honest, a stop is a stop. Yeah, just like a just like a win is a win. It doesn't matter if you hit a full court shot at the end. If you win by one point, it doesn't matter. Yep, I I agree. Oh, by the way, Uh this was going to be my beef if it didn't if it didn't turn around. So a cool thing it actually ended up making the ESPN top ten. I forgot to mention this to you. So every halftime. It's like everywhere you go, they do that halftime shootout thing. Okay, I know where you're going with this. Guy goes up there. At the U of L game. At the, at the Louisville game. Goes up, hits a layup, boom. Misses the first free throw, and they can't rebound for you. You get 30 seconds. You have to hit a layup, free throw, three-pointer, and a half-court shot. Right. Hits the layup, misses the first free throw, gets it back, hits his second free throw, misses two threes, gets the rebound, hits it, runs back, as soon as he steps to half court, he throws it up anyway, and it goes in. <laughs> and it goes in. Now the dilemma happens for BMW of Louisville. Right. Because you're like, this dude just hit this. Or or is the late, or not the late great, but as the great John Starks would say, did this dude just did this? Yeah. Hey, rules are rules. I mean, I, I would have understood it if they didn't the, give it to him. They said, no, we're not giving it to right. him. Right. The crowd lit them up. That is the <laughs> loudest. And I I actually heard uh, my buddy Mark Blankenbecker talk about this on the radio. That is the loudest booze I've ever heard inside the Yum Center. Wow. And that's not an exaggeration. It was bad. Yeah. They booed these people so bad. So move on to the second half. Pittsburgh's making a little bit of a run. About three minutes left in the game, or three and a half minutes. It's the under four timeout. They bring old dude back out there on the court, <laughs> and they're like, "You oh, know something's going on if he's coming back out. We're like, just gonna rub salt in the wound." We're like, "Well, we got a prize package together for our guy because you know he hit that shot and we feel bad." And his prize package includes a 2019 BMW. Dude, the place erupted. Oh man! Yeah, Pittsburgh didn't have a shot because now the crowd's back into the game. Right. And dude, it was. It was pretty legit. but well, I said to you even, too, I mean, you know, I didn't know it was a BMW at first. So, you give them any regular car, that's pretty awesome. Then you're talking about a 2019 Beamer. Uh, SUV, too. And here's the other that's thing. a pretty penny. Here's the other thing for them. Yeah. Not only are you getting that SUV, or not only are you making the crowd, your name is everywhere now because that shot made the, the Sports Center top ten. Yeah. And if you go, if you see it, it's all on the ribbon board. Right. Their name is everywhere. When it shows the guy, when they give it to him, their name is 
Dude, they are about to rack up. Their name is everywhere now. Yeah, smart marketing. I told you, too, a lot of those times, you know, in the hole-in-one stuff or whatever, they've got some type of insurance policy. Now, those aren't cheap. Um, I'd be willing to bet that the insurance policy is not not going to protect this one because he hit it after the buzzer. Well, no, I'm saying with the insurance policy, you still pay an outrageous amount of money, so they're still losing. And I'm not even saying that is true. I'm just saying in the case, you know, they're not losing the, what is it, what do you think of BMW, 70 grand? True, yeah, 2019 BMW, I mean, SUV. Yeah. Yeah, it's... So they're not eating that whole 70 or 80 grand, whatever it is, but still for them to do that, that's a good investment on their part. And for it to be a local BMW, I think nationally it's good, locally it's good. Obviously you wanna cheer for the guy who made it as well too. Um, funny how that type of stuff works out in the long run. If it's this one, I mean, just the lowest one of those SUVs. The base package. 60, 60 grand, $60,700. That's the X5, which I think is what he got. So yeah. that guy just got a $60,000 car, $61,000 car yeah. after taxes and stuff for hitting a half-court shot late. Now, I couldn't have done that under that pressure, I don't think. I mean, it would have been tough to do it like that, especially with missing the first free throw, missing two threes, and then hitting a the half-court shot. Right. It was When he missed the first free throw, I looked at my buddy Parker and said, this dude's done. <laughs> I literally said that. But I, I don't – here's the thing for some of you uh, uh, Louisville fans that sat through the Cragthorpe years. The only time I ever remember someone winning the football one, I don't – that was the loudest I heard that stadium in the Cragthorpe era. That's amazing, though. Yeah, that shows you a good crowd there and a good fan base that they're cheering for their fellow – I mean, if you get somebody who's on the opposite team out there, I bet you'd be just as loud in the opposite direction, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, the one in football was actually – a lot more impressive really? because you start behind the end zone. Okay, you got to throw the football wherever it hits. Right. That's where you. That's where you punt from. Okay. So then you punt from there, wherever it hits. It's not wherever it lands. It's wherever it hits. You got to kick a field goal from. Oh man! And if you do that, then you win the car. Wait, so you get to throw it, then you punt it, then you kick the field goal. That's not. Yeah, that's not not too easy. The dude kicked it and it skidded off the bottom rail and went in. The field goal part is the toughest. I told you when I was playing football when I was a little kid, we had tryouts to see who could be the kicker, and nobody on the team could barely get it <laughs> off the ground. Like They were kicking it straight into the line. It, yeah. was, it was tough to watch. It was it was crazy. I just remember it was Pittsburgh and I think it was like 2010. Okay. It was one of the later Crackthorpe years because yeah, it was nuts because the first year we actually beat Shady McCoy. Uh, don't mention that. But and, it is funny that it was Pittsburgh again, too. Yeah. Even though I don't love Shady anymore. Shady yeah. can do what he needs to do. Shady McCoy was a phenomenal freshman. Killed us the whole game. We take the lead late in the game. He drives all the way down the field getting the ball every time. Fumbles on the goal line, and we win. Good play there, yeah. Shady. Oh, yeah, it was great. Luckily, he got it out of his way before he got to the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> some with Louisville's win over Pittsburgh, that, that led them to being undefeated for the week. Uh, which definitely meant a move up in the polls. Right. You beat NC State, and you beat Pittsburgh in a revenge game. So now you've beaten every conference team you've played on your schedule at least once. Right, six and one overall. Yeah, so your way sounded a lot better. I had to make yeah. sure it brought you back down to reality. I, I, hey, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to put it out there. So <laughs> with the new AP Top 25, Louisville is actually the biggest mover uh, from 23 to 15. 
just very impressive. I mean, you had some teams going down, but I think the AP poll got it right with you all moving up. The one that I won't agree with is the Nevada one. Um, Nevada and Michigan State. Michigan State, I granted, I know they beat Maryland, who yeah. in my opinion is starting to trend down. Uh, Maryland actually lost both games last week. Uh, I can't remember who else they lost to, but they lost they lost another game last week. I remember we talked about it briefly. They they did not look good. They didn't have a good showing. That's no, sure. I mean they got beat by Michigan State, and then they lost to Illinois. But then even with the Nevada thing, it goes back to the mid major teams or the smaller major teams, whatever you want to reference them as. It's so tough to judge, and that's why. When it comes down to NCAA bracket time, you really have to have a resume. And I think you look at a team like Gonzaga this year with upping their schedule a little bit, I think that's the route you have to go. But um, Well, see, the good, the good thing with Nevada is, is they got most of their players back from last year, so you can right. base it off of what they did last season. Right, and they have two guys who played at NC State. Yeah. You watch them play there, the Martin brothers. I'm telling you, I watched them again last night, and I think, man – they're going to cover a lot of spreads was exactly what I said to you. Um, partially because of the teams they're playing are really not impressive. Some of them are injury, you know, riddled right now. But Nevada, Nevada does everything. I mean, they can hit the three. They hit their free throws. First four possessions, they go down to their big guy in the post. They, they look pretty daggone good. It makes you really wonder how they lost the game that they did. Not only lost, right. but just got absolutely handled. Yeah. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason anytime you get blown out, but especially – um, in a circumstance like that, I was surprised. But the thing that troubled me was you have Michigan State losing to Maryland, and uh, I'm sorry, they beat Maryland, but they lose to Purdue. And they, that game was, I know they cut it down to like six or eight, but the game was in hand pretty much the whole time. Big Ten's not an easy conference. I'm with you. I agree that's bad, but that's only their third loss of the season, too, so that's pretty impressive. But who's the other teams that, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Louisville beat them. Right. Uh, <laughs> but. I mean, you go 18 – Nevada's 19-1. and one. Granted, we just talked about they got handled in that game. But how do you win by 40? Because the biggest thing is is you're like, okay, well, they're not playing a good schedule. But you won by 40. Yeah. You win by 40 against a team in your conference. Not to reference my miss of the week, not the lock of the week. Well, I mean, yeah, I, don't I, really have, I don't really have crash. much room to talk. But oh. I, I wasn't even going to bring it up yet. Tomorrow could be a new day with that. Yeah, so – but to me – just move Nevada and Kentucky up in front of them. Yeah. I'm fine with Kentucky jumping them. That's fine. But why did Nevada drop when they won by 40? Well, and I get why they're doing the whole here is now, you know, type of pull. But Marquette is the team that jumped out to me. I'm like, you know, I, I don't think – I think they've won a lot of games. They should be 17-4, and four, let's be honest. I think, yeah. Well, I think Howard's a good player, but I'll tell you what, I've watched that team multiple times this year, and to be a top-ten team, I'm not impressed with them. Howard makes Jordan's push-off move on Byron Russell look like <laughs> a choir boy. That dude pushes off every play. Somehow the referees just think that the three-point line shr- moved around Jordan Warren's foot. Can yeah. you tell him a little salty? I-, I was getting ready to say that. It sounds like there's a little bit of pain still involved. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely there is. That team does not deserve to be 18-3 and to be getting the credit that they are. No, I-, I mean, it's like I said, 18 wins and three losses, that's impressive. Moving up two spots this week, that's impressive. I don't think they're a top-10 team nationally overall. So no. I get you got to give them it, you know, right now, but – in the long run, I see them making an early exit in the tournament. I would definitely tend to agree with you. Uh, 
But like I said, Louisville made a huge move. But I mean, a couple other teams that had really good weeks. Uh-huh. One is going to hurt me to say. I figured both of them wouldn't be easy for you, but one's definitely going to sting a lot more. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky had a very good week. Great week. Look, don't make me don't make me speak more than I have to on it. Uh-huh. Kentucky had a Kentucky had a very good week. I mean, you have they beat Kansas at home. Coming after the Mississippi State game, so they could Which, have had. I, I spoke on this the other day. Yeah. Mississippi State, to me, I, I really – and Auburn's sliding. Right. A lot of teams in the SEC besides Tennessee and, and um, UK are on the downturn. I mean, it, it, it might be – because I don't think Ole Miss is good. Ole Miss dropping out of the pole shows you that that's pretty much right. They got handled in that Big 12 SEC ch- uh, matchup. Right. Just absolutely housed. I think we looked at it. They were down, what, 22 at one point or something? It was ugly. I mean, a lot of those games got pretty ugly, to be honest. The the UK-Kansas um, game was definitely the highlight of that tournament. Yeah, I mean, they, they built it towards that and it ended up being a good game. Yeah. Kansas had the early lead. Kentucky fought back and took the lead. And That's what it was. Once away, again, yeah. just like we talked about with the UofL game, it was the tale of two halves. If I remember yeah. correctly, uh, UK was up three at halftime. Or, excuse me, Kansas was up three. I've got the wrong... KU and UK, and um, UK came out, and I told you, offensively, UK did not impress me in the first half. They looked lethargic. Um, Reed was getting some big uh, offensive rebounds and putbacks. He kind of kept them in the game, but, man, they didn't look good that first half. No, they didn't. Um, So you have them moving up with with a good week, and you also have – Purdue moving up as well. The <laughs> what was that team name? I couldn't. I couldn't hear you. Perdon't. Perdon't. Um, yeah, our good friend Deal. Yeah, that. the uh, the the running Daniel Grimes is, is what you got. Purdue gets a big win over Michigan State. Yep. Um, well, and Ohio State before that, which yeah. Ohio State is kind of one of those teams that's you know on the bubble of being a good team. I watched them play last night against Michigan. I think they've got a lot of really, really good pieces. They make a couple of, you know, mistakes throughout the game that cost them, and then they never can come back because offensively they aren't elite. Yeah. So you have you have those two teams making, you know, good moves this this week. Uh, you got to wonder. Uh, well, Kentucky's definitely on the upswing. I don't really think we've actually last night might actually last night is the best that we've seen of Kentucky. I would say all season. Yeah, but so far, I'm not team. saying I'm not saying that's the best they will be, but I'm saying the best that we've seen so far from Kentucky was definitely in the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, they had everything going. Yeah, I mean you're up 45 to 15 at halftime. Yeah. the The only thing, I, the only complaint that I saw from any Kentucky fan last night was, why are the starters still in with eight minutes left and you're up 32? Valid question. Yeah, but I think he's trying to build some continuity. Think about it. A lot of these guys have never played with each other before. I would personally try to go with some different lineups. I wouldn't go solely with the starters. I didn't see Keldon Johnson play a ton of minutes, though, and that's kind of, in my opinion, he's a huge piece of that. So I'm not going to question what Calipari does in this case. I mean, I'll question him until the cows come home. Well, as I was going to say, in other cases, yeah, we can have that topic <laughs> for debate. But in this case, you know, what, heck, we've seen him run, you know, the five-man substitution lineup. Would you rather that in this situation? I mean, that's what I always run on 2K. I mean, not to say that he and I are the same, but I always that's one thing that I always look at whenever I do my fantasy drafts on yeah. there. 
all right, who can be my second lineup? Well, if you've got the pieces and if you're playing a certain amount of minutes in a quarter, that's not a bad way well, to do it. Well, see, the good but. thing with 2K is, man, is you just got to find shooters that can be around a one playmaker. Yep. And if you can make that one playmaker a shooter as well, you're not going to lose too many games. Well, I lose a lot of them, but that's a good strategy in theory. Well, now you can use that, so maybe you won't no, lose so many games. That's always what I do, I'm telling you. Some people are just not skilled in the video game arts. I guess. Maybe I just played way too many. <laughs> but speaking on, speaking on Cal, we moved to his former team. Yep. There was an interesting story that came out today with a guy that was, I, I would I would kind of say, he was the he was a huge deal in our child during our childhood. Yeah, but he was never a controversial deal. That was the thing no, that was so that's, surprising. To that's me. that's what was kind of different about this. Right. So, Penny Hardaway, the coach at Memphis, first year coach at Memphis, first year coach at Memphis, coming yeah. out of Memphis East High School, which he won what three state titles, three straight titles in a row. Great high school coach. I mean, it's he co- he coached that AAU team. So he got to meet everyone around that area. He's already from there. Yep. And so, elite-level NBA talent. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't have the career that he hoped for due to injury, but still. So just the, just the heading pulled me in from the beginning. Yep. And, and this was something that you mentioned because you're like, well, the article didn't really live up to this, but I kind of think it does in some areas, and we'll go into it. Penny Hardaway this is a quote from him. Memphis's staffs, Memphis staffs NBA background creating jealousy among other coaches. Right, which intrigued me because think about it. I, I was wondering, who is he referencing himself? Is he referencing his coaches? Once you start digging into the article, he's pretty much trying to put a chip on his team's shoulder, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, for those of you who don't know, Penny Hardaway played the NBA, played with the Orlando Magic, was part of one of the most iconic duos of the 90s as far as one-two punches with him and Shaq. Right. If Shaq doesn't make that decision to move, we probably think, or I would say that they win a title within the next couple of years, and Penny Hardaway probably doesn't get hurt. They were on the verge of it. They, they had something special there, that's for sure. And I really feel like the reason Penny got hurt was because he was the guy, he was playing all those minutes, and it wore him out. And, yeah. it, and it ended up wearing on him. But – that's a story for another time. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's yeah. tough to say that for sure. Sometimes injuries are just, you know, spur of the moment, unfortunate things. But either way, it was tough to watch. Absolutely. So he adds Mike Miller, the crippled shooter from Which the Miami Heat. Which is hilarious. Well, I, I didn't understand why, like, where's the connection there? I have no idea. I never. I, I don't really know if they ever played together. Right. But obviously maybe, Miller knows the game. You know, he's yeah. one of those guys that LeBron wanted with him everywhere, whether it was for on court. Well, that's because that dude could shoot as soon as he came in the gym. Yeah, but I'm telling you, there's something more to that. He had guys like James Jones. You know, he had Channing Fry. He had guys that kind of followed him wherever he went. I think it was partially their work ethic. But you know, Mike Miller is a knowledgeable player. Absolutely. I mean, uh, then you you move over to Sam Mitchell. Which I love. Sam Mitchell, I mean, he play, he coached in the NBA. He actually won NBA Coach of the Year. That's right. Military mindset, too. Going to be your defensive catalyst on that roster of coaches, in my opinion. I mean, he's – so he, he talks about how having the NBA background with these guys is more – I guess what is, what is the it's more appealing to these kids because because now they're like all three of these guys played there. Right. One guy coached there and played there. These guys know what it's going to take to get to the next level. 
Well, I forget if it was in his quote or if it was just in the title of the article, but the word jealousy got brought up, and that's where I disagree with it all. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a jealousy thing. I think it's exactly what you said. These coaches are trying to recruit against him. There's only so many big fish in the ocean is how we'll say it. Um, they're both trying to catch the same fish, and I think you know probably if Penny comes to me and says, hey, young man, I've got a spot for you on my roster, or a guy like Rick Barnes at Tennessee comes and says that, I'm probably automatically going to lean towards Penny. Yeah, and he, his quote, he says, for sure, I definitely feel like there's a target on my back. Uh, he says he feels like there's coaches that throw jabs at him in recruiting in recruiting circles or while they're recruiting players, saying, oh, this coach isn't as experienced. Uh, he doesn't really know the game that well. You're not going to get better. Um, but he says, for sure, I definitely feel like there's a target on my back. There's a lot of people who don't want me to succeed because it's going to look like an NBA, NBA guy came back with no experience and won, so of course I relish in that. Right, which is, like I said, that goes back to putting a chip on his team's shoulder. I like that he didn't reference the jealousy as well, too. That was just referenced in the article because jealousy is not the correct word. Yeah, and I liked it because I like I like what he's doing. Right. Because he knows next year what he's got coming in. Well, he's building a culture, too. I even heard, you know, they've got a one-year-old facility in Memphis, and he's already putting minuscule tweaks and changes to it to make it an NBA-level facility. Yeah. That's big for recruiting purposes as well, too. Absolutely. And then you got the number one player in the nation coming in next year. Wiseman. And yeah, and I'm sure they'll get more players once Wiseman starts talking around those circles at the McDonald's games, at the you know, Jordan game. All Wiseman's got to do is be like, look, man, this team already – because, I mean, they just beat the conference favorite in UCF. Right. And you say, hey, man, we can go down there. This is going to be our team. Well, and Penny's realistic in saying this year's team, he wants to make an NCAA tournament. If he does that, the next year's expectations automatically go up. Absolutely. Well, then you do that, and the sky's the limit once you hit that first level with that first team that you actually get your guys in there. Yeah. Once again, that's a resume builder for him. Not that Penny needs it, but – you know, now what's the opposite coach going to say at that point? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that story really intrigued me. One because we grew up watching Penny, right? And I, I like it. I like the fire in it. Because I mean, to me, Memphis being good is kind of a thing that has also been gone alongside with us as we've grown up too. Yeah. They were good for a lot of the 2000s. Well, as a UofL fan, you got to watch those matchups quite yeah. frequently. I mean, one of them ended at the free throw line. Darius Washington Jr. Yeah. yeah. That was a tough way to watch a game end, but still. For, maybe for other battles. people, but not for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, was, it was, I felt for the kid. I, I would have had he not looked at Cal and said, oh, I got this. Yeah. In a cocky way. If he's like, oh, I got this like this, I probably wouldn't be upset. But the yeah. way he said it and the the way he walked up there, I don't know. It, I didn't feel for the kid. Well, what do you expect him to say? Hey, coach, I'm going to choke it, here just fair one. No, warning. no, I'm saying <laughs> if he was like, oh, it's all right, I got this. Right. But he was like, Telling him to shrugging, like right, bro, I got this. I don't even know why you're worrying. <laughs> Stuff like that. And it was at Memphis. That's what made it even better. I bet you he still lives with it to this day, though. Oh, I don't I don't care. I mean, he, what yeah. he should live with is – is the the fact that he that he looked so much better when Sebastian Telfer hurt his ankle in the game <laughs> in high school, because that's kind of what really blew Darius Washington up. Well, it ended up working out in the long run. Then I mean, what, I mean, what's crazy is I mean, who would have thunk that? I mean, I know Telfer had a long or a decent size NBA career, but man, 
It didn't uh, pan it, out the it way didn't pan out. Expected. That's another story for another time. But. Well, yeah, you look at a lot of those New York guys. Unfortunately, something's not clicking with it. I, I don't know what it is, but a lot of them from that circuit have not been what we expected. No. So moving moving up to uh, something that we've added every every episode, we move to our lock of the week, or in mine as the. Uh, you might want to take a look at the game. I don't know if it's really going to be for sure yet. I like the sound effects there, too. You know, we're spending the big bucks on those, so everybody yeah. please appreciate that. Soundboards at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I uh, BJ is a humbled one-and-one. One. I am on two. Uh, with two losses on my, on my record, the Duke game didn't really help me out. Uh, I thought they were going to do okay, but they didn't. So I'll hate them even more. Yeah. Um. I don't even remember who my other lock of the week was. Irrelevant. Yeah. 0-2 is all they need to be known. Erroneous. That's, <laughs> that's, um, you're a 1-1. One one. Your Warriors, or the Warriors, I won't say your Warriors, the yeah, Warriors covered for you. Which actually was a controversial cover as well, too. I don't know if you saw all that, but, you know, there was some questioning as to whether that should have been a cover or not. I- I'm glad it worked out the way it did because 1-1 one and one feels a lot better than 0-2. Oh I got nothing to brag um, as Mr. Washington uh, yeah. did, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell everybody about your uh... – about how that 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 one game yeah, this past weekend. We don't need to go into a ton of detail. What I'll say is I, I had four games that I really, really liked. You know, in the sports booking world, whatever you want to call it, you know, you can do a couple of different things. Needless to say, I was spot on on three of them, which, once again, two of them got a little bit lucky. The U.K. game, there was a big block at the end of the game, which helped me out. I don't think you guys realized how important that block was, but (laughs) I was really uh, squeezing my bladder a little bit on that one. And then the uh, Warriors game was pretty controversial. The one that got me was the one that I was probably most confident on before, And uh, Mr. Robinson had about 24 reasons in the first half of why that was a bad idea, but Syracuse ended up getting blown out by Virginia Tech, and that was not a cover for me. So that one hurt my pocketbook pretty bad. Uh, Just a little update on the games that are kind of going on while we're recording. I like it. Um, This (laughs) I had to read this. So one of my good friends, I mean, I I may mention his name, I don't know, but this is pretty funny. This this is the text I get. Okay. Indiana sucks so hard. I realize we only lost by a point. But man. <laughs> so I pull up ESPN while you're talking there. Yeah. Yeah, they lost to Rutgers tonight. Wow. Yeah. So I mean Indiana bats that's seven in a row. And Rutgers is not somebody who you want to take a hell to. This no, year. this isn't your Ray Rice Rutgers. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Rice might have been better. Man, but also Louisville is now up uh, a humble sixty-six to thirty-one. Doubling. So, I mean, it's a little bit over doubling. It's yeah, <laughs> but four points. Yeah, it's so. It's my uh, I like I said, I'm only two in my locks of the week, uh, but I, I feel like something that I'm gonna plant my flag in is I'm taking a look at those. Big spreads, and I'm not shying away from them. Okay. I like that because some of those spreads are not easy to gauge on either. No. Hence my Colorado State-Nevada pick. Yeah. I'm taking Gonzaga minus 14 over BYU. Okay. Which, by the way, you mentioned this earlier, and I didn't go into a ton of detail. I, I kind of like this BYU team. Um, 
not in the sense of making the tournament or doing anything, but but hey, that's a decent amount of points. Jimmer's not there. No, that's that. Jimmer's not there, and they're playing Gonzaga. Take yeah. it to the bank, Gonzaga. Minus 14. I like it. That's a good pick. I, and, you know, you talked about planting your flag. I'm not planting my flag, so to speak. But you'll notice I'm getting a trend towards the NBA games, if possible. You got a couple of good games, a couple of potential matchups that I liked. He tried He tried to do an NBA or WNBA spread, but we couldn't find the lines anywhere. Tough to find. I, yeah. I think, actually, currently they're on um, – oh, I don't want to say it. I was going to say they were on pregnancy break, but I don't think that's true necessarily. I think they're playing overseas currently. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, which they've got some a heck of a team that plays overseas. Griner, Tarazi, all those girls play overseas. Back to my pick, though. For my lock of the week, we've got the Detroit Pistons, um, the two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Dallas Mavericks. A couple of things I like about it. It's at Detroit. Not that Detroit has a great home record, but I think this Dallas team has a terrible road record, so that intrigued me. I think Detroit has the pieces to be a good team. There is a little bit of controversy in it with um, Griffin kind of saying he wants out. Blake Griffin causing controversy? I'd have never guessed it. Shocker. In a Kia. I heard he was in a Kia saying that type of stuff. Don't want to hit on my car. After punching a guy in the face, all of those were included. (laughs) You want to know what intrigues me about this game? What? Is who's going to shoot it worse from the line? Andre Drummond or DeAndre Jordan? Uh, clearly, it's going to be Andre Drummond. This year? But, I mean, if we're talking career, I don't know. Yeah, neither of them have it. But I like that DeAndre Jordan. Something changed. This is a question. It's all mental to me. What? what Someone brought this up to me the other day. I'll give him credit. Jeremy brought this up to me the other day. Okay. He said that something he started this season was right before he was getting ready to shoot, he started to talk to someone. Relieve get a his, bit of stress. Get his mind off of the shot and then shoot. I mean, he's shooting, what, 68% from the free throw line this year? I don't know his exact percentages, but I do know it's close to 70% at one point. And, I mean, whatever. from a 45%. 45 for a career. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever he's doing, keep doing it. Yeah, that's a big difference. So, that's the most intriguing thing to me. Put him at the free throw line by themselves to see who can hit 10 first. We might might be sitting there for an entire game. Well, I don't have a lock of the week on that one, (laughs) but you can write it down in concrete. Detroit Pistons cover that two-and-a-half-point spread. Concrete. Well, you're not writing in concrete unless it's wet. Yeah, well, you got to lay it. Well, you're not going to lay it in this weather. It's like eight degrees outside. Touche. We'll go to Florida, and then we're taking the lock of the week in concrete. So... No, Atlanta. Well, Atlanta's still cold, too. All right. Atlanta's, yeah, Atlanta's probably cold. It is. So, one thing that I am trying to uh, bring bring with, and this is something that I've tried to bring with bringing you on here. I'm saying bring a lot here. Uh, Bring it on. But (laughs) something that I wanted to come to the podcast with adding you to it was adding a diversity in some of the things we talked about. Right. You mentioned to me before this episode, hey, did you see anything about the UFC? I was like, no. Why don't, we, why don't you talk about it? Well, it's just MMA in general, too. Even this week we had a big fight the weekend. You had Bellator MMA, which everybody doesn't follow, but I like it because it's on typically free TV. Um, they do have a deal with that new DAZN thing, which is pretty cool. I know um, one of your buddies was telling me about that. He likes that a lot. But 
It was the World Grand Prix for the heavyweight title. Bellator did not have a title holder, so they were fighting to see who was going to be the man in charge. Everybody knows the heavyweight title is the baddest man on earth, um, so I liked it. Yeah, guys in there like Rampage Jackson, Chael Sonnen, Fedor Emelianenko, Frank Mir, Matt Mitrione, Roy Nelson, Ryan Bader, and King Mo. Um, all of those guys, except for Fedor, had fought in the UFC at one point in time, so they're all pretty popular and relevant fighters. Um, but it was a great tournament. I enjoy watching it. It was a little bit long. Ended up coming down to Saturday's matchup of Fedor, who is potentially the GOAT of MMA. A lot of people highlight him as the greatest of all time against the guy who's regularly a 205 fighter in Ryan Bader. And um, only ended or only lasted about 35 seconds. Ryan Bader went in for the kill, had a nasty knockout. Um, Fedor was seeing stars, that's for sure, <laughs> and ended up becoming the first double champ, which is the hot thing of MMA currently, of Bellator. So they've got a new face of that company. Um, they're talking about doing cross-promotions with him, fighting against UFC fighters, you know, specifically Daniel Cormier. Um, but it was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm glad that Bellator is keeping relevant and staying in the mix because I think that makes UFC get better. So this is something that I think you'll kind of appreciate that I just kind of put together okay. while you were talking. Could you see potentially Bellator with UFC becoming ABA, NBA? Yes and no. Um, you- not, not necessarily joining, but being – like this, and then because a lot of people don't realize there was a there was a time where the ABA champion played the NBA champion. Right. Well, it's even funny. I looked up a lot of things today because we were talking about topics for the show. There's a lot we don't realize it. There's a lot of failed professional sports organizations that kind of sunk their roots into the ground and then disappeared pretty quickly. Um, that's and, why I'm glad. And then sprouted back up like the XFL. <laughs> well, so, and, and, you know, there, there could be a poll in the future about, you know, potentially slam ball versus XFL. I was Ooh. looking at that today. That was a fun one Ooh. that I was liking. But we'll see if that happens in the future. we got to take it day by day. But I, I don't think that'll be the case. UFC has bought out other companies, Strike Force, Pride. Those are two major companies. I think the gentleman, Scott Coker, who runs Bellator MMA, is a genius. He was actually with Strikeforce before. He's got a great relationship with a lot of these fighters. I think there's a friendly rivalry there, but there's also a mutual respect. I think for UFC, it's bad business to kind of put their fighter against the Bellator fighter. That's why I don't think it would have happened. Because if they lose, then that takes away from their brand. Big time. Think about it. Bellator has everything to gain from that type of situation. UFC has everything to lose. Everybody's going to expect the UFC fighter to win. If he doesn't, they got a problem on their Yeah, absolutely. It was just something that kind of... Because that's really the only type of really comparison that I could think of. Well, I'd love to see it, and I think part of the thing is the fans will who are who dictate stuff like that. Look at the Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight. That would have never happened unless the fans gave the backing of, of what they did. So in this case, I would love to see a UFC versus um, Bellator some type of competition. It's like I said, a lot of those guys have been in the UFC at some point in time too, so... Should be a good one if they ever did. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I just – I kind of wondered with how Bellator is not really coming – it's definitely not in the forefront because UFC still rules all. But the fact that it's even getting any type of pub or anything right. with that 
huge business that is the UFC, it just kind of brought the ABA and the NBA type thing to mind. And it's a good thought. I mean, Bellator is a new company. We actually, I don't know if you remember this, but we watched a couple of fights on Bellator. Um, you know, the, the late, great Kimbo Slice. So there, there was some question. They used to be known as the big name fights that never lived up to their, um, you know, potential or what they were marketed as. Now they've actually got some real fighters who are talented fighters. Are you trying to say that my man Kimbo was not a real fighter? No, I, I, I sounded like that, and I think there is some truth to that. His son's a pretty good fighter, but he, Kimbo was a, uh, a street fighter. I think, I mean, I think you'll kind of agree with it. it just he got to start way too late because yeah. he definitely learned a lot in the small in the short time that he was in the in the MMA scene. Yeah, like the leaps and bounds he made in that short time. It's like if this dude would have come in when he was young, that dude would have been a problem. Well, this is the thing they said his work ethic was you know better than anybody else they had ever seen, and this is coming from a lot of credible sources. The thing is, when you carry that much muscle, I mean, the dude was jacked. It was all yeah. muscle. It's just tough for the muscle mass to retain oxygen. So you you gas out pretty quickly being that big. I think he would have actually, this is going to sound weird, he would have actually benefited from having less muscle mass at that point. So that contributes to it. But, yeah, he. I mean, as far as a street fighter strictly throwing hands, I wouldn't bet against him, that's for sure. <laughs> no. And, I mean, I don't know if you ever read. I mean, back in the day, I was, like I said, I was a big Kimbo Slice fan. Um I think it was in ESPN the magazine. They did a big story about him. Okay. And they talked about where his work work ethic came from. Okay. A lot of people don't realize is that he grew up in in Miami. Yeah, Dade County. Yeah, and had a had a scholarship to Miami to play football. Really. Family got hit by a hurricane. Knocked him homeless, so he had to move. Lost his scholarship. Yeah. So then now he's homeless. I mean, he had no other. I mean, he had nothing. I'm telling you, that'll do something to you, too. I mean, that, Absolutely. that makes you... Sometimes it's tough to go through. If you can make it through the other side, that'll make you a better person. I mean, other than, like, growing up and seeing his stuff on, like, E-Bombs World and YouTube... Right. When I read that, I was like, this dude is legit. He's a lovable character. For yeah. a fighter who is knocking guys out, like, there was something that you could see, even though he was jacked, he was the average man... Um, anybody who didn't have great hair loved him as well too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the 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 corn rolls from the balding was pretty. It, I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but speaking of, you know, going from one guy with not a lot of hair to or with with not a lot of hair to a guy with a lot of hair, especially in, the wrong place. Especially in between his eyebrows. Wow, Anthony Davis. It's interesting. I mean, you can't you can't do what he's doing right now, but hey, Anthony Davis comes out or gets his agent to come out. Rich Paul, for a lot of you that follow it closely, is LeBron's best friend. Started his agency and is he represents a lot of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, he's doing really well at it too. And helps when you get those talented guys. By the way, that yeah, never hurts. Not at all. And. He comes out and demands a trade for Anthony Davis. Right. Uh, Which is illegal. I mean, we, we reference so, that. So Anthony week. Davis gets fined with a $50,000. A whopping $50,000. $50,000, which to me and you is like, huh. Yeah, I'd hurt. 
But they said to the average American, or to the to the to a person that makes forty thousand dollars a year, that's like getting a seventy eight dollar ticket. Right. And think about it. His pay is only going to go up in the future, and that's only including his NBA salary. Yeah. So I mean, that's not including endorsements with like Gillette, because I know he had that one where he faked where he shaved his unibrow, which was pretty good because it looked real. That was genius marketing by Gillette. <laughs> Absolutely. And then. So the the crazy thing is, is he comes out and says this, but he's under contract until the 2020-2021 season. Which is interesting because I think it's a strategic play, once again, by his agent trying to pair up the duo in L.A., and that could work out really well, um, but it could go sour really quickly as well, too. Because if you look at Kawhi, Kawhi said, I want to go to L.A., I want to go to L.A., I want to go to L.A., and they sent him up to Drakeville. Yeah, but I think Kawhi was talking about the Clippers more than the Lakers. Now, that doesn't change anything. Like you said, the whole point of that comment was to say, you know, he wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and that's what we talked about earlier. The reference is pretty much his agent has came out and said, hey, anywhere who signs him is going to be a one-year rental. That's pretty tough to hear because if you're a team who's building and is ready to win this year, okay, you're giving away a lot of pieces for a one-year deal. Yeah, and here's what's crazy, man, is there's a potential that next season we could possibly see the best team ever assembled. Which is interesting thinking about coming from Golden State, who's got five All-Stars currently, and, you know, having more wins than a Chicago Bulls team. Yeah. We could possibly see the most talent on one roster in in a starting lineup ever next season. Which is going to make me sick to my stomach. In L.A., you could possibly see Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Klay Thompson, and Kyrie Irving. Which I don't know if mathematically you can get all of them. I know they'd be paying the luxury tax, so it can happen. But, man, if, if it did come to that, I mean, they're even rumored to say KD's in the mix there. Cause I don't think, think KD goes if they if all four of those go. I don't think there's any way that you possibly could. But I, I'm just saying KD is rumored to be out of Golden State. I, I don't think that's a foregone, forclu- or, or, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Thank you. I'm having a tough time pronouncing. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces who are going to be moving, coming up frequently. And at it, one it, point in time, that didn't happen. I can't lie to you, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Clay and Durant go because I'd be very happy to see that Golden State Warriors team fall apart. Yeah. Because I'm just – I'm tired. I don't like them. Right. So, with, if anything else, just for my sake, I'm just – I'm already tired of them. I mean, I could definitely see Davis going to L.A., Kyrie going to L.A. Clay Thompson has already said that if Anthony Davis is in L.A. and the and the Warriors don't offer him a max contract, he's going. There's interest in him going to L.A. Which you got to wonder with saying all those if and or buts. Yeah. You know how was the question worded to him? That's that's kind of one of those clickbait type deals. Yeah. But he definitely. Why would you not want to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Yeah. Clay is coming from an established team where he wasn't the head guy. I think that's his role because you know. Look at those stats that we showed you with Harden as far as unassisted points. Clay Thompson's the completely opposite. He had that game where he had over 40 with four dribbles in it. He wants a team that's going to suck the defense in, and they're going to look for him on the wing. Absolutely, which would work tremendously with Davis and James, which is what you just said, yeah. and especially if they get Kyrie. Yeah. They got all three of them. He's, you think he benefits now. 
Jeez. Yeah, that's a tough matchup. That's why I say it'd be interesting to see if that can happen. But even for Anthony Davis, they've talked about a lot of other potential situations. You look at a New York team. You look at a Boston team. You look at a Milwaukee, Milwaukee team. You look yes. at Toronto. You know, rumor has it that Milwaukee's really pushing for him. Rumor has it that Toronto's made offers for him. And then um, the whole New York thing, they were mentioning, you know, potentially dealing Porzingis for him, which I think would be a mistake as a one-year deal. But in Toronto with Kawhi, that's really fun to watch. In Milwaukee with Giannis, that's really fun to watch. And then in L.A. with LeBron, that's really fun to watch yeah. as well, too. It's, I mean, the 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 places he could go, man, you just you, – as a basketball fan, you're like, man, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that too. Right. I'd like to see that as well. And it's, I don't think there's a bad option out of those that we listed because those would all be fun. I bet you, and this is only my thinking, these teams know exactly what we just said. They're not going to give up, you know, the pooch for a guy that they're going to get for one year. I think they're going to get lowballed, and he's going to end up going somewhere that he doesn't want to go. That's just my opinion, but. Hopefully he goes somewhere that's relevant. Yeah, because I'd like to see him in a playoff situation where it actually means something. Yeah. Well, I think he wanted that to be New Orleans. That's what we should highlight. He was really supporting that team. They didn't sign DeMarcus Cousins again, which, you know, after Achilles injury, that's tough to do. Um, but he wanted to build in New Orleans, and they, they didn't support his thought there. They're, yeah. they're talking about uh, Randall's on the chopping block right now. Miritich is on the chopping block right now, and Etwan Moore is on the chopping block right now. You're not going to win many games without those four pieces. I'll tell you this. They get rid of Anthony Davis, they're probably moving into the lottery. Yeah. And with the lottery, you're looking at the two guys that we put a poll up about. Right. But I don't think they're going to be high lottery, too, so... Who knows though? I mean, if they get bad enough, who knows? Maybe they get a pick in the in this in the trade. And I think any team would be extremely ecstatic to get either of these two guys. That that's without doubt. So earlier this week, uh, BJ put a poll up uh, of who's the better dunker. Right. Currently in college basketball, who's the better dunker? Uh, one guy. I would say 90% of the people that voted for him didn't know who he was before the season. <laughs> I, I might have even been higher than 90%. I'm, I'm being nice. Yeah. I'm being nice. Yeah, that's not a shot at our listeners. He was a very unknown guy. I mean, it's like we said. You and I talked about it. We saw him on some draft boards. I didn't expect him to be as high as what he was preseason. He was 22 when I saw because I looked it up the other day to see how much of a jump he had made. Yeah. And he had moved up now 21 positions because I saw him yesterday – as number one on NBADraft.net. 6'3", 175 pounds. You don't see a lot of guys drafted first overall. No. No, you don't. But you put out the poll, who's a better dunker, Zion Williamson or John Morant? Two polarizing figures right now. Absolutely. And I I think our friend Brian Northern put it perfectly when he talked about uh, Morant. Yeah. He's Russell Westbrook. I loved it. To me, as far you know, we always see these NBA comparisons – you know, he's going to have to work on a couple of pieces of his game. Kid's a college player right now, and yeah. he's leading that Murray State team to a good season. 16-3. Uh, we actually discussed that we're going to go We're going to go see him play. Yeah, excited. Uh, yeah, it, we're going to go see him play in, in uh, Eastern Kentucky. 
uh, I was just I was like, man, that's how I move up to one. I was like, I'm gonna find where he's gonna play anywhere close. Is Reese Gaines still coaching there? Was that I where he's coaching? Believe he is at EKU. That's so. gonna be good to see him then too. There's also a kid um, that played for Doss that plays for EKU. Okay. So there's definitely some local connections with EKU. Um, I like it. Their their arena's not that big, so getting tickets to that. Yeah. It's not really that hard. No, and they were a great deal from what you said. I, yeah. I was happy to be able to have the opportunity to go see them, and that was a great find on your part. But the thing that threw me, the reason I said something about 90% of our listeners, the poll came out 55-45. Right. And, not, you're like, and you're like, oh, man, that's a lot closer for a Zion win. Right. No. <laughs> no. Some of you guys, when you do this voting, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Take, take your team shades off when you vote for this. Some bias involved. Is that what because, you're insinuating? Yes, absolutely. 100% point blank period. Zion Williamson may be one of the best dunkers we've ever seen. Well, he combines it all. I mean, you've got finesse, you've got power, you've got the vertical. And leap. the weight he's carrying. Yeah. Get out the way. I mean, move. Please get yeah, out the way. I mean, because like he's not just like. Doing the behind, I mean, he did it between the legs dunk in a high school game. Right. The dude is ridiculous. Yeah, he's impressive, and it's like I said, you better get out of the way. He's going to have a couple of more highlights this season. You know, once again, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the NBA, but tough to think there's a better dunker out there than Zion Williamson right now. And that's what I said. The fact that I would, I wouldn't even think it would have been this close. No. But the fact that. Morant won. I'm not. I'm not saying that Morant's not a great dunker because he is. Right. But when you put this poll up, I told you this ain't even going to be close. Yeah. I told you this. A couple of people messaged me and said, and that I was like, really? Did you put? I didn't even. And then I look up and I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, and I gave you the defense for the Morant argument. I mean, think about it. He's had two highlight dunks this year that are potentially, you know, the two dunks of the year. Um, he's having a nice dunk pretty much every game. And it's like we said earlier, he's rising stock on the draft boards. So a lot of people are paying more attention to him now than what they would have before the season. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. the defense for Morant. But I, I still was pretty shocked when I saw the results. So that you putting that poll out led us to talk about something. Uh, I think it was last Wednesday. It was either last Wednesday or last Friday. Uh, we were like, man, let's – What's something else that we can do that can, like, put more fan voting into it that we can talk about on here? Keep everybody engaged. We're looking for involvement from the listeners and fans because that's what we enjoy. Yeah. So something that you and I, like, I think I mentioned it, and you were like, oh, yeah, dude, that's, like, perfect. I loved it. Is a bracket. Right. Because who doesn't love brackets? Anything with competition involved, I'm in. Absolutely. I mean, what's you, your grandma fills out NCAA brackets in March. Right. Every person that hasn't even watched a basketball season all year, they still get in the office pool because it's the bracket. Yep. And you get to pick between two different people. And it's a great conversation. Point. Absolutely. Anybody who doesn't know the game, you can still have those type of conversations. So what, what we did was we found who, in our opinion, were probably the best the best or – at least what we think close to the best 32 dunkers we could find. Yep. A lot of them are very notorious for their dunking skills. Some in the dunk contest, some in game, some overall. So what I did was I found this website. Uh, It's like a free bracket maker. 
and I put all 32 guys in there, and you could you could randomize them. Because and somehow I came out the winner. I was pretty shocked about, oh, no, that was a I haven't, I haven't I, seen you dunk anything but donuts. <laughs> so that is hey, an absolute lie. I'm pretty good at that, too. <laughs> so we wanted – at first I was like, oh, you know, we'll just seed this. And I'm, like, going through, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I, the first one I sent him, he was like, really, you had this guy or this guy? And I was like, you know what, let's just randomize these. And you were like, yeah, that sounds better. Oh, man, is right, because it was going to be tough to get them. Absolutely, especially spots. once we got the 32, because when I first sent it to you, it was like 16. Right. I think 18, you had two people as plans, quote-unquote, yeah. trying to keep it as similar to the you know the system that's at hand currently. But, but he threw out a handful of guys, and then I thought of uh, three other ones. Oh. And threw them in there, and I was like, "What do you think about this year, guys?" And you're like, "Wow, I didn't even think of those. Those are perfect." Uh, one of them is a is a, a modern age. Actually, two of them are pretty modern age guys. Yeah, and they're solid dunkers. Well, and that's a good thing about the list. We've got the past, present, and even some future on there as well too. Absolutely. That's what makes this list really good, in my opinion. So what I what what I did on this website was I put all 32 of these guys on there. And I put them in a. Once I put them in there, I just hit random and then hit generate. Right. We got some great matchups oh, out of it. That's for and sure. And that, like, that's that's like putting it lightly. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go into too much of this. We're just going to kind of read you guys the list. Nope. And I, I so. We'll keep your eyes and ears open. You know, tomorrow we'll be posting some of these polls. We need you guys to vote on these yeah. so that way we can talk about them in future episodes. Absolutely. Some will be tomorrow. Some will be Friday. Whenever you get a chance, go to the Beef Beef Facebook page. Instagram. Instagram, Twitter. Inst- yeah, I'll Instagram, I'll post the entire bracket. Um, and then on Twitter and Facebook, you'll see the picture of the bracket as well. But we'll also be putting the polls on our Twitter and on our and on and on our uh, t- uh, Facebook. I like it—a little something for everybody. And I might even, you know, keep an eye on my MySpace, MySpace page, like we mentioned before. I've got some new music on there. Absolutely, coding was pretty good on it. Yes. So, <laughs> so like I said, we got some intriguing matchups, and we'll, we'll go ahead and read you the the bracket from what we got. Yep. Start her off for us. So we got. Uh, the first, the first one we got Aaron Gordon and Tom Chambers. I like it. The next one we got Dominique Wilkins and Kobe Bryant. And then, at, then uh, we go down. We see Russell Westbrook and Isaiah Ryder. Not the, uh, that, that's the first guy that I remember doing the between the legs dunk. Yeah. Well, and you remember too. Think about some of these names are people that you're going to have to do a little bit of research on if you want to. Some of them are going to ring a bell right away. But we're looking for the best dunker here, not the best player, the best dunker. Best dunker. The next one we get a little local flavor with Daryl Griffith, local legend, going against Clyde Drexler. Uh, after that, we got Gerald Green against Jason Richardson. Solid matchup as well. Very good matchup in my opinion. Uh, after that, uh, David Thompson and Blake Griffin. Uh, we go to Dr. J and Zach Levine. Another good one. And we move down to Mr. Vince Carter going against his cousin, Tracy McGrady. Which is hilarious that that came out, cousin versus cousin in that, especially in the first round there because, like we mentioned, both those guys are notorious for certain dunks. Absolutely. I really love the way those brackets came out. Finishing the bottom side of the bracket or the opposite side of the bracket, depending on how you're looking at it, we go to an interesting matchup. We've got Spud Webb versus Dwight Howard, polarizing opposite figures as far as stature and build. I like that type of matchup. We've got a guy who's a forgotten dunk hero. You've got Josh Smith and Amari Stoudemire. 
You've got Nate Robinson and Dr. Duncanstein himself. Or no, no, Chocolate Thunder. Or Chocolate Thunder, excuse me. Dr. Duncanstein was Mr. Daryl Griffith. My apologies, I wrote down the wrong thing. Yeah, which, (laughs) by the way, anytime that you've got dunks that you're naming, you know, a little (laughs) extra credit for you. Um, Going down further is one of those guys you mentioned earlier, a guy who's kind of the present but also kind of the future. You've got Derek Jones Jr. versus Larry Nance. Now, keep in mind, this is not Larry Nance Jr. of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's got a good dunk game, but his father, formerly of the Cleveland Cavaliers, had an even better dunk game. Um, you go down to the next one. You've got Terrence Ross and a guy by the name of LeBron James. LeBron James. I feel like a couple of our listeners might have heard of him. Yeah. Um, going down further, you got Kenny Walker and another guy who's you know a little bit known in the um, in crowds and the hip crowds. Michael Jordan. Who's that? Yeah, you know he's pretty decent. Played he, for two teams, I think. He's you know. all washed up. Yeah. Baldy. Well, now now with the Charlotte. Uh, Bobcat Hornets. That's what I was, yeah. yeah. What do you even call them? The Charlotte Bobcat Hornets, yeah. Well, and you go to Sean Kemp versus Glenn Robinson the third, another up-and-coming slash present guy versus a previous dunk hero. And last and not least, you've got a great matchup between Zion Williamson and Stevie Franchise. Stevie Francis. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, dude, the one that intrigues me on that first day okay, is – Probably the f- the grandfather of the modern day dunk contest okay. with Dr. J. I mean, so many players have have talked about emulating what he did. Right, taking inspiration from inspiration him. from the dunks that he did, and then you have a guy in Zach Levine who people are going to say I'm crazy for this was a part of, in my opinion, the best dunk contest of all time. Yeah, top top two. I, sure. I think it's the best one because everyone everyone either talks about the Dominique Jordan matchup back in the day or the Vince Carter show. Right. But we have never seen two guys do that. I mean, they were like sitting there thinking of dunks off the fly. And you couldn't give them anything but fifties, but you needed more than fifty. <laughs> yeah, to like, that. That's for sure. I mean, some of those dunks you were just like, oh my goodness, like where are you thinking of this from? Right. But. You got him going against Zach Levine, and I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm probably, I'm gonna be surprised if if Dr. J wins that matchup because of most ninety percent of our listeners are young people, currency bias, and and, and they don't really appreciate what Dr. J did. Right. But to me, this is the most intriguing matchup of the entire first round. I think we've got a good balance of listeners, though, who might swing that the other way. I do think you're right. That's probably the best matchup on the first day. But, once again, that's just highlighting one. That's not even going into detail on all the other great matchups. Yeah, well absolutely. Too. Well, I've got something for you as well, too. You know, I was looking kind of more towards the bottom, and, and I mentioned there's something that strikes my attention. I like the little guy versus the big guy. Now, normally I err on the side of the big guy's side, but when you bring the dunk into play, that adds an extra dynamic. You've got a guy who I've seen in person at a couple of dunk contests, Nate Robinson, who anytime you watch Nate on an NBA court, um, college court, college football field. Movies, anything. He's entertaining. He's hilarious. The guy knows how to put on a show and is a showman at that. 
and he's going up against a guy who I know, um, Daryl Dawkins, former Sixer. I actually mentioned to you before this podcast, I had the pleasure of meeting him in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. Um, went in to uh, get what's my favorite pizza in the entire world. Uh, he was coaching a local team. Super nice gentleman. Broke my hand with a handshake. <laughs> I said, oh my. I mean, it was one of those deals. When I shook his hand, you couldn't see my hand. Like, his hand went completely around my hand and I'll never forget that to this day took a picture with him he signed an autograph on the placemat of the pizza place Um, but to me I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to vote for I'm just going to tell you I think there's a chance that there could be some currency bias in this one as well too I'm hoping that we get some great matchups in the second round just like we do the first round and that's just one of them to highlight absolutely but I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk about what the outcomes are, whether we're surprised, whether we're – yeah, we kind of knew that one. And, and just talk about the upcoming matchups as well. Yep, I think there's going to be both, though. There's a couple of those matchups that looking forward you go, yeah, I could see how it could go one way or another. We also thought wrong on the Zion Williams versus John ja Morant, so let us know what you guys think and be involved with us. Absolutely. We're going to put our votes out there. You guys throw we, yours in. We always do. We yep. always throw our votes out there. Um, I texted you today, man, and I told you I'm, I'm bringing a beef to the table today. That's right. And and this is seasoned beef. This is opinion. like, yeah, this is <laughs> definitely tenderized. This is – this has been uh, weighing on me for a while. You've Slow seen, cooker, you've seen, beef. you've seen my statuses about this, yep. and I'm, I'm done with it. My beef is with Kentucky fans throwing the L's down. Okay, just actually, you know what? Not just Kentucky fans. L's down. Period. Yeah, I'm done with it. I was done with it from the first time I saw it. I, it's lame. You're lame if you do it. <laughs> I'm I'm done with it, man. I'm done. You're playing in Kansas, right? You're playing in Kansas. Why are your fans throwing L's down? I didn't see many of them in the first half. That's for sure. You're playing Penn State in a bowl game. Why are your fans throwing L's down? <laughs> right. Well, to be the counter side of this, which you know sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. This time I, I agree with your opinion, but I disagree with the thought. To me, if I'm a U of L fan, I'm going, heck yeah, man, we're relevant. We're on the tip of their list. He, he, here's where I here's where I have to interject. Okay. Three or four years ago, the big the big thing for Kentucky fans to do was Louisville doesn't exist. Right. Don't Louisville doesn't exist me, then throw L's down every game, even when you're not playing us. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. To me, that's like a um, a compliment in some forms of fashion because keep, now you keep guys Keep the are... same energy, homie. Keep the same energy. <laughs> don't come at me one time saying we don't exist, and then don't come at me with L's down. Oh, you're lame. All Your whole fan base is lame when they do it. And then what's even more lame is the people that take up for it. Right. You're even more lame. Defense it like I am right now. Defense. You're not really defending. You're you're being a I don't even a peaceful interjection, but it's not working because it's already made me enough mad. Right. Well, I'm I love kidding. the fact that they're passionate. I mean, at the end of the day, be passionate. You're for your team. Why are you talking about us when I ain't playing? Yep. Like, yep. What, come, quit being lame. That's I mean, that's a, that's what you're telling me. Your hands are lame, and you make it as you're lame. Well, the funniest thing is, couldn't an L stand for a loss, you know? So, at that point, I don't know why we got to go L's upside down. And like you said, too, playing against different teams, I, I like the controversy involved with it. Um, 
I say, Kentucky fans, you need to get more creative next year and come up with something different, though. I'm, 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 I'm done with them. I'm, I'm done with – I'm going to start calling them out when I see it now. If I see – even if for my friends, if I see my friends doing it, I'm going to start calling them out. I'm tired of seeing else down. It's lame. It's not creative. There's not – like, if you're playing us, I still don't get it because it's still lame. Right. But when you're in your bowl game and they show some middle-aged man with a mustache looking like Super Mario throwing the L's down, I'm come quit, quit. You're gonna have to take shots at the middle-aged men of America. I don't, I don't care. Quit looking like the plumber that's on Nintendo. This is the Bible Belt, and you're getting just awfully disrespectful. Well, he was in Orlando throwing L's down when they were when they were playing Penn State. You're not playing Louisville. Quit throwing L's down. Unfortunately, I saw that game as well, too, because guess what? I had Penn State winning that game, and old Nick Sorley was a little sore that game. Yeah. Benny Snell had a heck of a game, too. Yeah. They, they, threw L's, they threw L's down. They threw L's down, and that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about how that bowl game went. L's down is lame. If you do it, you're lame. If you condone it, you're lame as well. Stop throwing L's down. It's not cool. It never was. And, well, they do it on purpose to make you upset. Well, guess what? Now you're just making me mad. You're not making me upset. So it doesn't represent anything cool. Uh, You're lame. Quit it. You're like a dude with a mullet that's had one for too long. Stop doing it. Hey, mullets are coming back. Mullets were never cool. Okay. I mean, the A.C. Slater maybe was cool with it. And Theo Vaughn, that's it. Even though Theo Vaughn is now... Theo Von School with the mullet. This is what I got to tell you about mullets. Mullets are a neutral haircut. You can be a girl and have a mullet, and you can Ooh. be a guy and have a mullet. And you can look terrible as a man or woman. That's with a one. power move right there. A power move as a woman with a <laughs> mullet. That's never a way that I that I would have thought about you gotta it. Got to do the Ric Flair woo after that one. That's, that's it. I, I mean, you guys got me fired up at the end of the show. No, you're not going to sleep well this evening. Luckily, U of L is looking like. Uh, oh, they, they looked. Yeah. The game is now over. Louisville wins big time. Big time over the Demon Deacons. I just got the notification. They did win 82 to 54. Uh, looks like. Looks like they made a little bit of a comeback. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man, Wake Forest is a dumpster fire. Well, mentioning going going back a little bit because I forgot to mention this. What's it's going to intrigue me because you have other guys that played in the NBA that are coaching. One of them being Danny Manning. Danny Manning's outside of John Collins, it's been terrible there. Yeah. And then you got Ewing up at Georgetown. Um, Who's actually having a decent year? Decent. For, they yeah. weren't projected to do anything. Then you got Chris Mullen at St. John's. Yep. And I mean that's your that's your big NBA guys that are coaching right now. And I, I, Penny is really the only one to me that's kind of like trending up. It's interesting. Why is he getting? I mean, I guess it's partially because of how well they're playing, you know, compared to what they were expected to. But I like seeing these NBA guys come back because it's a completely different game. Coaching is completely different from being a great player. Um, I I do think there's a dynamic between current coaches who want to keep their job and uh, new up-and-coming coaches. But I love seeing it. Absolutely. But, guys, don't throw L's down. Try to stay warm. I mean, that's. I hope. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. I, I know it, it's amazing because I have people uh, messaging me and stuff and asking me, you know, what's how do I do things and and all that stuff. Man, I couldn't do. 
since I've added BJ, I mean, this stuff has gotten, to me, a, a lot better. I mean, I, I put a base down, and BJ's helping me build a house. And, well, and I he, don't give me any credit. It's two minds thinking, and we bounce ideas yeah. off each other. That's what we said from the get-go. We're both going to be honest. When we don't like an idea, we just call it how we see it. So, once again, with the fans, we need that same respect from you all. We need you all to tell us when you dislike something because we can take it on the chin. That's no problem. Absolutely. And if you're somebody that's looking to get into podcasting or looking to get into something that we're doing, we welcome you to come out. I mean, we can't have all of you guys at once, but we yeah, welcome you guys to come up. Yeah. I mean, kind of see what we do. I mean, he and I will get here and we'll research more for a couple hours and then we'll start recording. Think about it. Tonight alone, we've been here for just under four hours. <laughs> yeah. So, you are more than welcome to come up here and, and watch us record, watch how we do things. We'd be more than happy to have, because if anything, you're going to be able to see how to do this, and you're going to help us in the future. Big time. And whatever we can do to give back to, absolutely. I mean, that, that's nothing. There's some things we can do and some things we can't do financially wise. You know, it's all different, but... This is something that really is hits close to home because think about it. When you were first starting, you had a lot of questions, and, and there were some people who were very helpful, and there were some people who you know maybe gave you an extra chip. And I told you, man, from the very beginning that if I ever got that chance, yep. what did I tell you? It's going to be the same as what you would expect from somebody else. I'm going to help out anybody that I can. Right. If someone legitimately wants help and they're legit and wanting to do it. Because that is the thing that I felt like from the beginning with this was the people that I was going to, the people that actually listened realized that I wasn't coming from just a place of a novice person. Like, I was actually going out and doing it. Right. And some people stepped up, and some people didn't, like you said, and added that chip. And Either way, the way I see it is no matter which direction they went, they did you a favor in the long run because now you're a better person and a better podcaster because of it. Yeah, and I and I can I continually ask people that I know that I know listen, what all right? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Boom! Because I'm always trying to get better. If right. you if you think that you're perfect and you're never you're never gonna your thing's never gonna go anywhere if you're not trying to get better. When I told you I had some great conversations with Smitty and, and uh, DJ, you know, happy late birthday to Smitty. Yeah. We had some good pizza at Diario's the other day. Diario's was fire. It was very interesting. The breadsticks on point. Yeah, and shockingly enough, they had a great salad bar as well, too. I, I did not partake in the salad bar. <laughs> I kind of regret it now because that ranch was good. Hey, it the whole thing. They had some nice bacon bits, some good cheese. Lettuce was the lettuce, but, yeah, overall it was a great experience. How are you going to throw out the bacon bits first thing in the salad and then hate on the lettuce? Because what's important in a salad? Cheese and bacon bits to me. I mean, cheese and bacon bits are... Are important in everything, not just salad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. See, yeah, you can't. You're not going to have it. It's not a salad without lettuce. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying the lettuce was bad. I'm just saying it was standard iceberg or romaine. You know, any of my big salad heads out there would know exactly <laughs> what I'm referencing. We need a little bit of baby spinach and maybe a 50-50 blend going on. There. I can feel that. Yeah. I can. I can get that. Yeah. But I, I just can't have you throwing my lettuce guys under the bus. Yeah. The lettuce was just okay. I mean, you're not going to have a salad without the lettuce. Well, more of the story, you know, you probably don't go to Oreos to try the salad. No. But if you do go there, it's not a bad option. a great deal, too, by the way. Smitty got that room for a good deal. Beautiful we were by ourselves. 
watch the Kansas-Kentucky game. I don't know if you heard me say this, but you know the upstairs table, there was like a VIP lounge? You know that was the front cover of Drake's album, whatever that album was. I, I did not know that. Remember where he's sitting there eating with his gold spoon and... Take care, yeah. Take care. That was the front of the album. I don't think it was, but I'll take your word for it. They changed the tablecloth. Uh, I mean, they must have changed the entire room because it was not the same room. Just uh, listen. Anybody who's listening to this, you know, who is there, please refresh Brandon's memory of that. I, I guess so, man. I must have just not seen that. I'm, I'm sorry. You were sitting too far away. I, I was showing everybody around me. It was yeah, probably my best it was definitely, the It's night. definitely the take care table. It definitely yeah. is. For sure. Well, I need you because I didn't know the name of the album, so now it puts a little better image with yeah. everybody's head. <laughs> Absolutely. But, guys, I hope, hopefully you guys will vote on this uh, poll or on this bracket because I think it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see who wins, who loses, who dunks, who doesn't. And if anybody wants to say the biggest snub is B.J. Cato, you know, I'll give you a $5 bill, maybe, uh, probably Monopoly money, but... You know, just forget. I was about I, to I say, hey, the biggest snub is BJ Cato for giving away five dollar bills. Let's do that now. Let's get that out of the way. Oh man, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell them that before it even is recorded. I put the horse before the carriage on that one. Yeah, That's why but, I had to throw out the monopoly money. But, but guys, keep liking, keep sharing, keep voting on the polls. I, I never would have thought that the biggest poll that we've had so far was going to be Topanga versus Kelly Kapowski. Hey, that's a great one. It, it, I Look, I, I'm done doubting you. I told you the other day when you asked me, hey, do you care if I put this poll up? Don't even ask me, man. Just put them up. Yeah. And then you you texted me. You are like, hey, did you check out the poll that I put up? What do you think of it? And I was like, I haven't even seen it yet. And I was like, yo. We're going to have some fun with these, though. This is the Absolutely. thing. We, we want to do it so everybody can get involved. You know, obviously sports are – you know, kind of more of a guy thing. These polls are not. These polls are going to be food, culture, TV shows, movies. Obviously, we've got some basketball on this. We'll one. see if I if it goes for me though. I'm uncultured, according to my brother. So. Yeah, an uncultured swine. I'm an uncultured swine. He so, referenced that this weekend. Yeah, of course he did because he's a hater. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to vote on the culture one because I'm uncultured. And so I can't vote on that one. Do it for the culture, bud. I'm, I guess I'm going to have to. Well, as my good friend Mr. White would say, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. Absolutely. Beef out, BJ out, stay warm. Peace.